The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. At that very time, there were some present who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, see here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Today's reading from Exodus centers around Moses, the greatest hero in the Old Testament, in my humble opinion. Today, we hear the story of God calling Moses out of a burning bush. But it's really important to reflect on this story in light of the whole Exodus story, the story of God's people, the Israelites, being led from slavery in Egypt to the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, and God's chosen representative to deliver the Hebrew people was Moses. Before we tune in at the burning bush episode, we need to be aware that a lot of stuff has gone down in Moses' life already. When he was born, the Egyptian pharaoh had, had declared that all of the firstborn male babies should be killed because he was in fear that they would grow up and rise up against him. So his mother, being a wise woman and a loving mother, put him in a basket in the Nile and floated him over where the Pharaoh's daughter was bathing. The princess saw what a beautiful baby he was and raised him on her own. She took him into the palace and raised her as if he were her son. But she had Moses' mother come along as his nursemaid so that she still had a huge influence over his life. 
life was good, and not just good, but very good from a security and wealth perspective for Moses. In fact, it couldn't have been better. But Moses had a dilemma. He was growing up Egyptian in the royal court, but he identified as an Israelite. He identified as one of the oppressed people. He knew that the people that he saw out of the palace window, the enslaved people working for Pharaoh, these oppressed people were his people. When he went out one day, he saw an Egyptian taskmaster beating one of the slaves. So Moses intervened and ended up killing the taskmaster. This, of course, was the beginning of a very big change in circumstances for Moses. Pharaoh found out, and Moses had to go on the run so that he wouldn't be killed. He escaped to Midian, to a foreign land, where he marries and becomes a shepherd. Once again, he settles down into security, and life is good, even very good. That brings us to today's story. Moses is just minding his own business, tending his father-in-law's sheep, and he has a very unexpected and dramatic encounter with God. And all of the pieces in that moment come together in Moses' life. His Israelite heritage, his Egyptian upbringing, and his time as a shepherd in this foreign land. All of these particulars of Moses' life have prepared him for this moment in his life that will truly change the course of history. God had heard the cry of his people, and God had chosen Moses to lead them out. I find it interesting that the Bible says that Moses was behind the wilderness. He wasn't just in the wilderness. He was really out there, about as far away as you could possibly get. The backside of nowhere, as my mother would say. But... God found him and spoke to him in no uncertain terms. Moses tries to argue, tries to reason, comes up with all sorts of excuses, but nothing works. God has an answer for everything, every objection that Moses came up with. God will find us if God has a job for us to do. God will find us one way or the other. There really is nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Last year, Robbie and I went on a wonderful trip to southern Utah to the national parks there. And on our route from Bryce Canyon to Capitol Reef, we went through a very remote area. In fact, it was the last area mapped in the whole continental United States. It's Scenic Highway 12. And it was finally charted by the Powell Expedition in the 1870s. So the very last place to be put on a map. And it's really an amazing experience to realize that as you're driving along. Something that wasn't on a map 150 years ago. It's super barren and rocky. And when we finally got to Capitol Reef, we quickly discovered that it's definitely the national park less traveled there literally wasn't anything and hardly anyone for miles. And one of my favorite hikes in that park was called Cassidy Arch Trail, named for the outlaw, Butch Cassidy. 
who supposedly hid out in the canyons, which was a really good strategy from what I could see, considering how far we were from everything. And this is the kind of barren image that the story of the burning bush evokes. I can totally picture Moses tending his sheep out there on the rocks, maybe more like mountain goats. And sometimes you're reminded that you need to be in a really stripped down environment to be able to notice burning bushes in your life. God waited for Moses to notice, to step aside from the path that he was on and to see this really unusual happening. Burning bushes can happen anywhere, but noticing them usually requires minimal distractions and attentiveness. Moses was by himself. He was quiet, and he was really attuned to what was going on around him. And he had one of the most incredible mystical experiences recorded in the Bible. There are a variety of wilderness experiences. Sometimes they take the form of an illness. Other times they take the form of a change in a relationship. And sometimes the wilderness comes in the form of an identity crisis in our lives. We're clicking along, doing what we're always doing, what we've been doing for years, and then suddenly, suddenly one day, we realize that we're not very fulfilled anymore and not so sure what we should be doing with our lives, what direction we should be taking. The wilderness can be a difficult, barren place but it also can bring great gifts. It can lead us to a time of self-examination and a deeper relationship with God. It can lead to a renewed sense of purpose and meaning in life. Burning bushes really do happen all the time, but we have to be, have the awareness that they're happening when they do. A conversation with a trusted, faithful friend can suddenly make our hearts burn within us. We can have a realization that God is calling us to do something new. Or we can just have a gradual awareness that grows over time that we just need to stay the course and trust that a new dawn will come. Wilderness wanderings are about remaining faithful, being on the lookout for God, and trusting that new insights will come. Moses went through a wilderness experience before he led God's people out of misery, the misery of slavery, into the land of freedom, the promised land. Jesus went through a time of trial in the desert before he began his public ministry. All of us need times of cleansing and preparation to get to a new place of clarity of purpose. All of us want to know that our lives have meaning, and they do. All of our lives have profound meaning. God always has something for us to do. Always. That's how God works. God chooses to intervene in human history, chooses to enter our individual lives, and helps us to see things in a new light. But God never forces God's self on us. Moses could have kept clicking along, walking his path, lost in his thoughts, but he noticed. He noticed the burning bush. He turned aside and realized 
that he was on holy ground. Holy ground is when, within each of us. We can go there at any time. Taking that interior journey is one of the purposes of Lent. The season of preparation is part of the wisdom of the Christian tradition. We need Lent in order to appreciate the gift of new life at Easter. And the story of Moses and the burning bush has impacted Christian tradition profoundly. One of the early church fathers, Gregory of Nyssa, said in the fourth century that Mary could be compared to the burning bush because Mary, the mother of Jesus, contained the very fire of God within her as she carried him in her womb for nine months. She bore Christ into the world, and yet she was not consumed. God gives us burning bush experiences in order to put our lives in a larger context and in order that we can serve other people. God wants us to use our lives in service of others. Moses went on with the job that God had for him to do, despite all of his fears, all of his misgivings, all of his shortcomings. He went on to lead God's people from captivity into new life. Moses didn't think he could do it, but God said, I will be with you. I will be with you. I will give you courage when you don't have any courage. I will give you what you need, but you have to trust. I will make the impossible possible. I will show you the way through the wilderness. And to borrow a line, a favorite line of our presiding bishops, God will make a way out of no way. Wilderness journeys are not for the faint of heart. But if we make that journey with intention, God will come to us.